I did not have sexual relations with that woman. Yes or no, did you ever take banned substances to enhance your cycling performance? Yes. I had no prior knowledge of the planned assault on Nancy Kerrigan. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior I engaged in. Guys, welcome back to Oops! The Podcast. Julio Gallarotti here, uh, joined by Ryan Lynch. Ryan, how you doing, my friend? Not bad. How are you? Good. Ryan is, uh, you know, the glue that keeps the pod together. Uh, he's a good pal. and It's uh, a team effort. It's a team effort. We've been team working very been, hard the last month. We've been team working hard to keep oops crushing, Twerking. ripping. And, uh, you know, it's been fun. It's been fun doing it, man. It's been fun hanging out with you. Um, you know, nice guys talking about shit. Never so, would have thought two years ago, oops, two point out. When I was listening to the podcast, that I'd be spending so much one-on-one time with uh, <laughs> Julio. It's so funny, so. dude. So wait, so you went to the Drake concert the other day, right? Yeah. How was it? All right, I, I've have I've so many things that I want to say. I'm going to try to <laughs> condense it down. Okay. So I love Drake. I, I do too. I think he's the man. I love his songs. Um, Views is my favorite album. So when we had the opportunity to get tickets, I was like, hell yeah. Not the biggest concert guy, but I want to be able to you know, tell my grandchild that I saw the goat. What about concerts don't you like? So the, th- the thing I don't like about concerts is exactly why I didn't love this one. Um, <laughs> when you're, I don't think you get the best sound quality when you're at an event. Either the microphone is not loud enough or the speakers are blowing out. Right. You're hearing shittier versions of the songs you love. Yeah. Uh And then another thing, you know, when you're listening to music, you're usually by yourself or you're with friends or people you know. And it's kind of hard to vibe and dance when you're standing right next to a stranger. Now, there's different levels of concerts. Um where you're able to, you know, enjoy what feels like the illusion of one-on-one time with said artist. But I feel like the larger the venue, the yeah, the less You were Barclays Center or something? I went to MSG. Oh wow. And so I went to the second show and it was, you know, our seats were pretty far up and it was really really tight. And I just didn't feel that connection. I wanted to I wanted to feel a connection with Drake. It kind of took me out of it a little bit. <laughs> um, but he was great. The you know, the the stage design was sick. I mean, this was as good of a concert in terms of, you know, visuals and performance as it could get. But I was just far away that, mm. you know, some things took me out of it. Um, another thing that was really tough was not knowing all of the lyrics to all of the songs on the set list. Mm. Because you wanted to sing along. I wanted to sing along, Julia. I wanted to sing along so hard, <laughs> but I came to realize that I only know like the first verse of a handful of oh, his yeah. biggest hits. Uh-huh. And the whole point of this show, or at least you know his theme, I'm not going to spoil anything he's done, but he likes to make a point of emphasis. Like he he kept saying at the beginning, he's like, "Y'all, if you all fucked with me, you're going to know this one, New York City. You guys gonna know oh, this one? And everybody you, knew, but you didn't. If know you it. fuck with me, and you know everyone's singing these like slow jams from you know the early tens, and I I'm I don't know any of them, and mm. I fuck with you. I'm like Drake, I fuck with you so hard, dude. And everyone's singing, and it took me out of it because there's four songs in a row. That's like choose nine, your adventure. It's like nine minutes, and I don't. I, I'm not a part of the concert. Mm. And so you know he was getting snippy because after the first couple of songs, there was a group. 
on the on the floor level um, that was just not really feeling it. They were looking on their phones, and he called them out on it early on. Oh wow! So then I was like, okay, Drake's mad at it's us. It's crazy that that doesn't go away. Like as a comedian, you know, you're up there, and you know, one person isn't paying attention. It's easy to notice if there's a hundred people, but it's crazy that in twenty five thousand people, Drake is still able to be like, get off your phone. Yeah, and I and I thought, you know, he, he was like. After he said that, he made a point somewhere along the lines of, you know, I take time out of my day to make time for all of you. Let's have this special moment together. And then he called somebody out immediately. And then he went back and called them out a second time. I'm getting nervous that he's going to walk off the stage or something like that. Because you did mention, Ryan texted me and said that like he didn't think the crowd was engaged as he would have liked for them to have been. Yeah. But one thing I would have loved, I think so many people would have loved, and I think the energy would have been so much better if on the, you know, the the screens across the uh, the arena, they put up kind of a sing-along or the lyrics. Oh, by follow the bouncing ball? Not even that. Just put the <laughs> lyrics on the board. That would have really helped me feel more included. I guess, you know, it's my fault. Yeah, you're not of as much of a fan as you thought, dude. I thought I was, I really, I really was, uh, I would, that made me upset. And Vic knew so much more. She was having wow. so much more fun. And um, it kind of took me out of it. So I mm-hmm. guess it's on me, but also just a suggestion uh, Did you know the songs though? Some of them. Yeah, I, I feel you on views. that. I feel. I mean, Drake just has such a dense library. It's also Twenty One Savage performs in this concert here, right? He did. He came out towards the end. Uh, and then does doesn't Drake go back on after him? Yeah. So it's crazy to get buried and then buried again, dude. What poor poor Twenty One Savage. Like Drake goes out there, kills for an hour. You come out and like try your best, and then like Drake goes on to finish the job again. So, like, so Drake came out and only sang songs that they've done together. Oh, uh, that's fun. So that was fun. It was cool. Stage design's sick. Um, if you go and and you love Drake and you're a true day one, you're gonna love it. But I just I just felt out of it. And then I also didn't really feel the freedom to like really dance. I'm mm. I'm next to Vic and there's just so many people around Packed you. Packed in like sardines. And then there was uh there was a group there there was a moment where Drake was like you know, it's so special that we're all here tonight. Um look look at somebody to your left. Oh God, look at somebody to your right and I knew it was coming and I'm like please don't say it please don't say it because the girl to my left was like this really younger like a younger girl and she was with her friend and not with a parent and You're okay. and it was like <laughs> he's like he's like let's the share this moment girl. together That's I know you came funny. with somebody but look to someone that you're not here with That's terrifying. and say hey and get, show them some love. Give them a hug. Nice. Oh my god! A <laughs> yeah. hug? Did girl, you hug the young girl, Ryan? No, I did not hug the young girl but she was she turned she tilted away and I was like but Vic was like, say say hi, say hi. And I was like, hey. Dude, I hate- <laughs> And then I did this. Yeah. I said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> no, you can see my hands. Yeah. Um, I hate when they do that in a workout class even. When they're like, you just crushed it. Like, high five the person next to you. I usually just be like, nice job. Yeah. I do say nice job. And I'm like, this is so fucking cringe. So when you're on stage, do you tend to have- a better time when it's a more intimate environment. I don't know. Do you I lose guess. that energy? I, mean, bro, I don't, I've never performed for 25,000 people. You know what I mean? Like I've done like a big arena a couple times, like opening for people and like, mm-hmm. I'm not used to it. So I don't really know, but like a theater is great. Like a big, like a 600 person, even thousand people. Like you can still feel intimate there. Cause the way that like it's designed. Yeah. Um, so it just kind of depends. I'm sure that like, as you are, you more used to performing for those big groups. Uh, it becomes easier. Question is keep the family close on views. With the guess you should have tried to keep the family close. Yeah, that's a banger. Yeah, that that's my favorite album. So that's I didn't really listen album. to Drake before that. Besides okay. the radio hits. 
Interesting. Which I really wish that he played a few more of, but this was more of so a do throwback. So have album. you done the back catalog though? Have you listened back to those? Like nothing was the same. And, and if you're reading this is too late, those are fucking classics. They, and they, they sounded great and everyone was really enjoying it. I felt so left out. My relationship with Drake is as if I met him in 2016 mm-hmm. and I just am not familiar with his previous work besides no, what I've okay. heard. Of. No, it's all right, and I like, I still fuck with Drake and I came with energy and I, I was ready um, and I was dancing. He didn't see me and uh, I felt bad about that. Mm. And then I, I did. You would have liked to have made it, had a moment with Drake. Oh my God. The yeah. pod's going to have to pop up, pop <laughs> off a lot more, bro, for you to be able to afford those orchestra seats. So I, you, you, do you see these videos where uh, people are on stage and they bring out like a, a big, a, they bring out a fan. They bring them on stage yeah. to sing with them. My biggest fear was them to call out our section. And they're like, section 208, row 25. And then you come up and you seat don't 19, know the song. And the light comes on me. And they're like, come on down. And everyone's just clapping. And the camera's on you. And the lights are on you. And you get on stage. And then he, you think he's going to play Hotline Bling, which I know all the words to because it's very slow. And he <laughs> plays something from 2011. And I'm just you standing just, there. And you just don't know and it. And then he calls me out. He's like, what do you mean? You don't know my music? You don't fuck with me. I don't fuck with you. Oh no, Drake! I fuck with you I so fuck with hard. You, Drake, I'm just busy trying to get Oops 2.0 ripping. We're just trying to. Last last thing from the concert, uh, I got this T-shirt, and I kind of I think it's a little too hard. What do you think of this 21 Savage T-shirt? <laughs> I like it, but yeah, I don't know if like <laughs> wearing it in public might be just like super aggressive. Yeah. That's sick. That's a sick. Uh, oh, dude, that's sick. But like. The tattoo sickle thing. It's a little hard. I don't know. I um, they they ran out of the shirts that I wanted. Um, so I, I felt like <laughs> I needed to get, to get something. Shirt. I was like, I said, I'm like, I'll do that one, please. It Dude, it's crazy. I didn't realize that tour merch was such a thing. Like, obviously, like the Life of Pablo tour had like crazy merch. You've thrown it on. I'm gonna put it um, on. But yeah, like at the Bad Bunny concert, the line for merch was like ridiculous. Like I never would, I never would have waited in that line. It was like, was it crazy, Madison Square Garden? It was crazy, and also there were people, you know, outside MSG that were selling fake merch, or they made their own merch and they brought it. And so you'd see people walking around the arena with that, and you're like, that's the best T-shirt. Oh, yeah, yeah, I want yeah. that. And you go and you wait in line, and it's just not available. And you think mm. it's sold out, but it's really just not being sold there. Uh, interesting. But also, bait and switch. There were so many people that were trying to scalp tickets, and it was just it was so crazy to me outside, you know, around it's like Penn a basketball St- game around Penn Station. But just so many young people sitting there. I, I they all are on the the apps trying to get tickets last minute. I'm like they hadn't you, planned properly. What are you doing? That 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 was prepare for that. Yeah, um, so it was good. It was good. Yeah, dude. I remember Bad Bunny. The, the I didn't know one song. He did like thirty five songs. I'm not trying to like one up you here. No, it's fine. But I, I happen to not know one song, and I, obviously I don't know the lyrics to every single one. But I probably knew the lyrics to like start to finish ten of them, a lot of them to ten of them, and then the other ten like I could kind of like whistle along if I had to, but like didn't know the word. Not mm-hmm. that I was doing that. But there was one song I didn't know, and it like drove me crazy. So I went and found the set list and found the song, and he actually did a cover of another song, and it made me feel really much better. That's good. I was like, oh, that's good to know that. So, dude, I went to see. So I went to this like charity, not a charity. What the fuck am I talking about? It was like some uh, event for Expedia. Okay. Uh, Expedia is doing this thing called One Key or something. I don't know. It's like you merge your Expedia account, your Hotels.com account, I don't know, all into one. So it was like influencer event. Okay. So Anderson Pac performed. Oh, that's sick. And 
he I don't know if he like has an alter ego or something, but he was just up there DJing and they introduced him as DJ whatever. And he's just up there DJing. So it kind of took everybody a second to like realize it was him. He was like wearing a wig and like DJing. It was like pretty funny. And he was just DJing. And I was like, this is sick. He must have gotten paid so much money to do this and he doesn't even really need to do much. He's like DJing. And I, I think that like that makes sense. It's like, why would you go perform for a bunch of people who maybe may or may not being paying attention completely well? Right. Mm -hmm. So why not figure out a way to be sneaky about it? Cause I remember I've seen like private performances of like other big acts and there's all these little tricks I've noticed. Like they'll just randomly start playing another song that isn't their song. I'm like, okay. I'm just like, Oh wow, that's interesting. But like, it makes sense. Like why put yourself through that, but you still want the money. So there's ways to do it. So granted Anderson Pac was just DJing and that was sick. And there was some like live music playing along with it. It was really cool. Actually. He was like spinning vinyl. It wasn't like he phoned it in. It was like a cool, his version of a performance, like whatever, super cool. How long was he up there for? Probably an hour. That's pretty sweet. He's probably a lot of money. Playing great songs, like multi-genre. Uh, and I wonder how much they paid him for it. He's yeah. easily at, m at least 50000 probably. That's worth it. He's got such a cool voice. He is cool. He was cool. Um, and then, uh, yeah, so I've seen people like do private shows and like they'll do a couple of their songs. They know that maybe not everybody's going to know the song. It's like the equivalent of like, randomly popping on a show in New York city versus like doing your own show where you sold tickets for your own show. It's mm -hmm. like, these are the things we do as performers. And I just thought that was kind of interesting. Danny Palmer did a very cute thing, dude. I brought Danny Palmer to the party. Um, and I got the first round of drinks. Obviously it's an open bar. Okay. It's this big event. Like uh, with the most obvious open bar in the world, by the way, this play, it was at the boom, boom room, which is like a very cool, it's kind of become like a institution of New York city nightlife. Like, I don't know what the deal is with it on like a night to night basis at this point, but it's at the top of the standard hotel. It's a, it's sort of the more exclusive of the two places. There's just place in Le Bain across the hall. Uh, that's like a little more like easier to get into, but the boom, boom room is like a spot. And so it's at the boom room anyway. And Danny then goes, uh, Hey, can I buy the next round of drinks? I was like, Oh, Danny, you had no idea. I was <laughs> he like, meant it. Yeah, I was like, dude, it's That's an open cute. bar, you fucking dipshit. He's like, oh, oh, dude, how am I supposed to know, dude? Oh, <laughs> obviously, Danny, dude, what the fuck? That's um, cute. So, yeah, anyway, I thought that was cute. Well, dude, when you were talking about doing the hands-off thing uh, at the concert, I thought of something that happened to me last night where I'm walking down the street, and this woman comes up behind me, and she goes, hey, she goes, I'm going to faint. And I was like, what? <laughs> she goes, yeah, I'm going to faint. Um, I'm like, okay, well, she goes, can you call an ambulance? <laughs> You just walk into this situation. Bro, I, I'm like five blocks away from home. <laughs> like I, you know, um, and I'm about, yeah, she's like, I'm about to fake when you call an ambulance. I'm like, okay. I was like, I would help you to the ground, but I don't like really want to touch you. You know, you understand, <laughs> right? She goes, she sort of was like, what? <laughs> so anyway, I call an ambulance and I turn around, dude. She's just laying on the sidewalk, flat on the sidewalk, like <laughs> may or may not be alive. Uh, and I was like, oh shit. So I call the ambulance and... That, so I, I tell Hillary this. I'm like, hey, I'll call you back. I was like talking on the phone. So I call 911 and they're like, yeah, they're on their way. So I call Hillary back and I tell her the story. She goes, why are you being so nonchalant? I'm like, what do you want me to do? What do you mean? She goes, well, is she okay? Like, I'm like, literally, what do you want me to do? <laughs> and as I'm on the phone, like arguing with her about this, I'm going, yeah, yeah, she's good. I called it. I called it. People are, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah I called it. Like, uh, meaning like I called the ambulance because everybody, some guy comes and takes her pulse. I'm like, dude, I got it. She's good. He's like, oh, she's breathing. I'm like, thanks, dude. We got it. She's uh -huh. all right. And I'm like, she's going to be fine. Hillary's like, how do you know? I'm like, okay, well, if she's not going to be fine, what do you like? Literally, what am I supposed to do? 
do you want me to just put her out of her misery and stomp on her head and kill her, dude? Like, what do you... So anyway, the ambulance showed up eventually. They're like, hey, what's up? I was like, oh, she said she's hypoglycemic. I don't really know. She's like, she's... She fainted. Um, and she had a little wrist tag thing. And they uh-huh. were like, all right. And I was like, am I good? They're like, yeah. I was like, all right. And Hillary, and Hillary goes, that was it. I'm like, yes. That's as it is it used <laughs> to be. It. Bro, what do you want me to do? You like, expect what you to go to the hospital with what her? What do you expect me to do in this situation? That's brutal. She uh, just walked into that. I know. I was, I, mean, I was happy to be helpful, but I'm glad that I chose not to touch her. Because you never know, dude. <laughs> you know, you never know. Maybe it's like a... And then I'm like, I'm like, have you taken anything tonight? I'm like, bro, why are you fucking... <laughs> What? Why are you asking her questions? I think maybe maybe Hill was just had it out for me last night because then I said that I'm like, why am I asking her questions? She goes, you should ask her questions. You should be asking her. I'm like, why? What what is me? If I know she's been drinking, how is that helpful? Mm -hmm. The EMTs are going to show up. I'm going to tell them, oh, she was drinking. She told me she was drinking. That's worthless information. She's passed out. We don't know what she was doing. They don't know who I am. I might be making this up. You know what I mean? So it's just, I don't know, bro. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But there's no reason to do more. Obviously, I'm concerned about the lady, Hillary. Don't take me not freaking out as me not caring. I care. I called the fucking ambulance. I'm standing here. I'm standing on the corner. In the middle of the night, this woman is laying on the sidewalk. She might as well be dead. She looks dead. She's not. <laughs> We've checked her pulse. We've made sure she's breathing still. Uh, you, anyway. went about, you did everything. I did everything I needed to do. All the things that needed to be done there. I did it all. I've done it. I did it. Um, but it was kind of funny anyway. So have you seen Oppenheimer yet? No, I'm going to do a, uh, a double feature on nice. Sunday. The creature feature. Yeah. So dude, it's funny. Barbenheimer is what they're calling it. Watching Barbie and Oppenheimer back to back. Why not call it? We could have called it Oppenby. Oppenby? <laughs> Oppenby. That works. Bob Oppenby. I call Bob Oppenby over. <laughs> Barbenheimer's better, but Oppenby to me is a, is a name that sounds like even it would be from that time. Oppenby? Uh, you know who makes a mean... Who's mean with the grill? Bob Op, old Bob Oppenby. Oppenby could be a cocktail. Oppenby could be a cocktail. On the rocks. The Oppenby. Yeah. How was it? It's radioactive gin. <laughs> uh, with a pink straw. No, man, it was great, man. I mean, it was really. And Christopher Nolan. It's amazing that he like writes the fucking movie too. These guys who like write, direct the the James Camerons of the world. I'm I'm just really impressed by the way they're able to get these things done. You know what I mean? I mean. My Afghanistan thing on a far smaller scale. I know I'm wearing all the hats here. I still find it funny that people are like, who edited this? I'm like, bro, did I not talk about that? I edited it enough. <laughs> uh, but, you know, so much work. But then it's it's more challenging to oversee others doing work. So now you're at the helm of this beast and you've written a movie too. I mean, it's such a different skill set to be able to like run a giant operation like that with hundreds of people and whatever. This guy does that. This guy does that. Being on top of all that shit, worrying about how it's going to look, but also being able to write the story. It's just like crazy to me, dude. Um, so I've always thought most of the, almost everything he's made has been unbelievable. So impressive. And I felt like this was like that too. But anyway, so it's a long movie, three hours. I didn't think it was too long. I remember I looked at my watch for the first time when there was five minutes left in the movie. Um, we stand up and some fucking Gen Z turd just goes, it was all right. <laughs> I'm like, dude, oh my God. There should be like a minimum criteria for those words to be allowed to leave your mouth. Like if you've never like made a film or like done anything artistic, you shouldn't be allowed to say, eh, it was all right in public. Think what you want, say what you want, obviously. And I mean, it just hurts me knowing that like, 
I'm on stage, I'm killing, or I make a video and everybody likes it or whatever. But like, somebody's going to hate it, dude. Someone's going to shit on you and reduce you to nothing. And it's going to be some guy who doesn't know shit. And guess what? It's a luxury to have some nobody guy, not calling him a nobody, some guy you don't know who he is. I'm not like being degrading or demeaning to Mm -hmm. the person. Some guy's going to say some shit. And that's, you're lucky that some guy's saying shit. Because guess what? Your your family could be the only people watching it and they're all going to like it and that's not real. If every single person likes your thing, it means that not enough people have seen it. I think about that a lot. I'm really, in, I'm into right now a lot of the stuff happening in popular culture. I'm excited about the fact that Gunna has been able to overcome his snitch status. Can you give a little recap? I can. What so not, not all snitching is created equal, apparently. I mean, I saw the video of Gunna over there saying, YSL is a, does criminal activity, whatever. He's, Everybody says he he ratted on Young Thug or whatever, and that's how he got out of jail. But it's not affecting his career in this negative way, at the moment at least, the way that it has some other people. Like he has the number one song right now, that fuck you mean, that song is going huge on TikTok. He has more streams of that song than Young Thug's entire album. Young Thug's album is amazing too. I love them both still. Uh, so I just find that interesting, man, because usually like if you snitch in hip hop, it's really hard to overcome that. 6 9 is a classic example of that. It's funny. Are you, do you ever listen to any of his shit? It seems too aggressive for you. No, a little too aggressive. <laughs> what the fuck? What you want? What you got? So anyway, so I was we were watching a six nine video because he just made a very antagonistic video, uh, and Hillary goes, "Who's Takashi six nine? Yeah, Hillary goes, "Who's that? that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's funny. Hillary knows about all these hip hop artists now, but only since she's like been dating me. So since we dated, six nine was already canceled for snitching. So like I've never talked about him. I've never shown him. So she doesn't even know who he is. So I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. that's interesting." Six nine made a video where he is with this other this this uh, Puerto Rican artist Scott Anuel is his name. They used to be friends. They made songs together. He now is dating the guy's girlfriend. They're literally licking each other's faces in the music video, and Kodak Black's in it too. Mm. And Kodak Black's first line is also dissing this guy Anuel, whose song he's all he's also made songs with them. I'm like, this is so hectic. And his first line, he goes, how'd you lose your bitch to a snitch? I'm like, oh my God, dude. And then apparently he starts dissing Takashi 69 in the song and they had to cut it out. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? This is madness. This is troll madness. It's a, it's like the mafia, this, this, yeah. this rap game. I know, this rap game is <laughs> this, crazy. Man. This rap game this is rap like game, the mafia. Dude. This rap game, this rap game is similar to the mafia. Organized crime, Ryan. I prefer the, the rap game with a xylophone or... <laughs> Or one chord <laughs> of a piano key, dude. Uh, oh, I forgot to mention, Lil Yachty opened for Drake. Oh no way! And so we, was that a surprise? That was a big surprise, oh. and we were gonna get tickets to see him at Central Park. I'm glad we didn't because it was actually pretty beat. You didn't like it? He was pretty beat. What? He could, he didn't really have his heart in it. I should have wow. let him know I was going. I went up there. <laughs> Victoria had all the. Ryan t- has a lot of thoughts, dude. <sighs> Be careful when, before you perform for Ryan, guys. Too many. You uh, might lose him as a fan. We get into MSG. We're waiting in line to get uh, shirts. It's a really long line. Then I start hearing the piano from Broccoli. And then uh, I hear like, oh my God, oh my God, it's Lil Yachty, Lil Yachty from like this high schooler. Uh, so it's like me and all the high schoolers running to our seats. Uh, I don't have my ticket. Vic has both tickets on her phone. I run back. I'm like, can you wait in line? Section, F- section FF. 204. Seat four. 
And I'm like, can I take your phone? So I take her phone, I run up, I scan it. I'm sitting there with my phone and her phone. And then I'm like, how's she gonna get up here? So then I run back down while he's in the middle of his set and I'm just praying I don't miss the song One Night. It's my favorite oh, yeah. song by him. I run back down, I give her her phone. Uh, she, we transfer the tickets, which you can't do over the MSG Wi-Fi. It's just brutal. It took forever. I run back. Too I many users. I listen to One Night by Yachty. I'm singing at the top of my lungs. I'm having my one-on-one -on -one moment. Nice. He's half-assing it, but I'm, I'm bringing it. And uh, all the way up from 2.14. And uh, after that, I went back down and gave Vic her phone. And then I told her that I don't need to see the rest of it. Because oh he was being mad. It was so great to see him, though. <laughs> Dude, yeah. I love him. Bro, I saw him perform randomly. I, was, I went to ComplexCon. This is a great story, actually. My buddy, Andy, who designed all of our merch, by the way. He looks fucking sick. I'm wearing Killed that it. right now. Grab some. Um, I got to say also, dude, the Comfort Colors t-shirts are so sick. Like the So Andy advised me. He's like, dude, you should use Comfort Colors. They're more expensive to make. but And that didn't reflect in the cost that you guys paid, by the way. Uh, thank you for buying the merch if you did. But he was like, trust me, it's worth it. And like truly amazed by how fucking sick that this the, the shirts are. Yeah. So shout out to Andy. But anyway, dude, so we went to ComplexCon. He didn't, he like knew the guy who was running it or whatever, but he didn't have like a, a booth set up. Andy like used to make clothing brands and stuff. He used to have this brand called Dog Limited. I think he still does. He does a lot of designing. And he was like, all right, bro, we're going to go to Complex Con and we're going to sell a bunch of shit. I was like, well, how are you going to even do that? He goes, we're just going to do it. So we just pull up. We don't have a permit. We don't have the right to do it. We don't have a booth. We just walk in. He, he sets up a rack and starts selling shit at Complex Nice. Con. Dude, it was so sick. I was like, damn. Like if this was pre-TikTok, like that would have exploded on TikTok mm -hmm. back in the day. Um, so anyway, I just go. I'm like, sure. I didn't even know, know what the fuck it was. But bro, like... I saw Kid Cudi. I saw Kanye. Lil Yachty just randomly starts performing. Saw him do Cold Minnesota, mm. um, which or Minnesota, which by the way, maybe you know he just had a little more vigor back then. He had the red braids in. Uh, he still had the braids. I'm glad he still had the. Braids. He brought him back. I love Lil Yachty. I love him so much. I fanboy over <laughs> Yachty, and I knew all the words to Lil his Bo songs. Hey. That that first album, I know all the words to that one. Nice. I I would love to put him in a room and just sing to him. They're like Lil. <laughs> <laughs> he probably ah. loved that. Is that the one? I got these little voices inside my head. Yeah. Darnell Bo here. Yeah, Darnell Bo here. He'll be right out in a minute. They, I love the story. Is that called that. Lil Boat? What's the name of that? That's album? his, that's Lil his uh, mixtape or it's his first piece. Yeah, it's Lil it's, Boat. It's a classic. And he's got the, uh, the alter ego and it's fun. It's a fun album. Rap doesn't need to be it's good. so intense licking each other's faces uh, <laughs> and dissing each other. It can be a collaborative, <laughs> we're all in this together effort. Well, Lil Yachty has that. Lil Yachty has good staying power because, you know, he's creative enough and hands-on enough that, like, he was able to survive his sort of peak. Mm -hmm. You know, because what happened, you know, a rapper will blow up and then they can't, they can't keep making good enough stuff to stay relevant. Yeah. And he has been able to be very, very solid through all this time. I, I've loved all of his projects since that yeah. one. He seems to be surrounding himself with the right people. Obviously, I think... Drake, yeah, the Drake, Drake has ten years over the Drake him. He's really friendship put him under thing. His wing. Yeah, um, they did. You know, he's doing a podcast. He does. Uh, he's going. He's on tour with with Drake. I think Sick. a lot more people. Uh, we're gonna see a lot more of Lil Yachty, and mm. I'm excited because his most recent album was pretty sick. I think so, dude. I think so. He's great. Um, I'm really I'm bummed out. My favorite like famous couple broke up. Uh, Rao Alejandro and Rosalia. <laughs> is who is I don't know I know, I know Rosalia I, know. I don't know him. Rao is like a he's like a I wouldn't even call him a reggaeton artist like he 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 does a lot of really cool experimental stuff but mm -hmm. like you know Puerto Rican rapper singer 
Um, he's really great, really talented. Hillary says he seems like a good boyfriend, whereas she says potentially <laughs> bad bunny might seem like he's a little bit of a bad boy. That's what that's what she said. I'm like, okay, interesting. Um, I'm afraid that he hears that and is like, pero you want to find out, mommy? Like, God damn it, bad bunny. Stay away from my girlfriend. <laughs> hey, bad bunny. <laughs> hey, bad bunny. You're being a really bad bunny right now. <laughs> Why don't you get out of here? It's ridiculous. But anyway, That's dude, I like, cool. there's this really cute interview where Rao and Rosalie are interviewing each other. And I watch it all the time. And Hillary and I watch it. And we even quote it. Like, she asks him what size her bra, her bra is. And he goes, I don't know, like medium. And she goes, M? Because he says like M for like, she goes, M. She said, baby. <laughs> baby. Like, the, Hillary and I say that to each other over and over. And baby. But dude, it's like smad cute. And it's like actually interesting to watch like couples break up like that and have it actually hurt your feelings. I feel like that is how our listeners would feel if either of us broke up with our girlfriends. Yeah. So we got to make sure that we hold it down for all of you guys so that that never happens. Doing a lot of pop culture material here today. This is good. This is a nice, fun little thing. Uh, Dude, I think one of our new things should be, are you a turkey? Okay. Right? And like, how do you know? You know what I mean? Because sometimes you might not realize you're being a turkey, um, but it's important to to be in tune with it. And one example, very clearly, is if you're critiquing Christopher Nolan's work when you've never done shit. Mm-hmm. This guy was barely wearing clothes, dude. You don't even know how to wear a shirt. <laughs> how dare you criticize Christopher Nolan in public like that? No. How dare that? Nolan just dropped. He drops bangers. He drops bangers, bro. All the time. So wait, Tenet is a Christopher Nolan movie, right? That one I did not love. So everybody hates talked, Tenet. I think we bro, talked about I it love a month Tenet. and a half ago on the pod. Zach Ray, the guy who does all the filming with me, he hates Tenet too. Chris likes Tenet. Shout out to Chris. Tenet fucks, dude. Uh, so but I get that not everybody likes it. And my friend even was like, bro, I watched it twice and I still don't like it. Okay, whatever. To me, Inception is the one that I think is overrated. I don't like the fact that nobody can fully explain what's happening. And they're like, but that's the whole point. I'm like, okay, well, I don't like that. I'm due for a rewatch that on that. It doesn't work for me. What else has he made? He's made Dunkirk, which is great. He's done the Batman. The Batman so movies. He did um, The Prestige. The Prestige is very that good was too. pretty good. Was that his like, first one? No, I think Memento. Or he, what's... What's the one? He what? made Memento? Yeah, Memento, 2000, wow. September 5th. That's I never great, saw it, but I heard that oh that God, one's a mind blower. It's amazing. It's blowing minds. It's really, really good. Um, man, that's crazy. Did he write that too? That's uh, it's, adap- it's an adapted screenplay. Okay, okay. He wrote it. For that. Damn, dude. Incredible. Yeah, dude, he's great. So any, anything that he puts out deserves our attention. So, dude, it's funny. While I was watching Oppenheimer, there is a a tone to the movie that really makes sense. It feels like a horror movie in a lot of ways. It feels like a combination of like a horror movie and a psychological thriller. So it has some like Shutter Island vibes where like you're seeing what he's going through and also just like experiencing the weight of what like this all happened in history. This isn't a spoiler, but like experiencing the weight of what was happening during that time and just how fucking scary that weapon that they created was. And I was like, wow, that's scary as fuck. Here I am checking under my bed for the boogeyman. But what I should be afraid of is nuclear winter, dude. That's fucking scary, hmm. right? That is terrifying. Not not the ghost, not the Babadook. You know what's scary? Global warming. <laughs> I want to see the global warming horror movie where it's like, and you see a polar bear's baby drowning. <laughs> that would be scary you see a seal drowning this summer is the rest of your life because it's summer now on the earth the tides have stopped 
You know what I mean? Like, like you used to live in New York. You don't anymore because it's underwater. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Whatever the rhythm picks up, it goes faster and faster and faster. Boom, boom. Boom. And then finally just me staring down a polar bear face to face. But dude, like that shit's fucking <laughs> scary, man. And the more and more I think about it, the more and more I start to think about how much I love the planet and how much I love nature. And like, I'm really interested in, living a more sustainable life, to be honest. And it's perfect timing that Reboot Eco is coming to the picture, man. Perfect timing. I know, because they've just they've flipped <laughs> my perception of sustainable product and lifestyle completely on its head. I was always a selfish bastard. I was like, you know, I want to be better, but I am too lazy. You know that every single toothbrush you've ever used will outlive you? And is still on the planet right now. I did not know that. Isn't that fucked up? That is this is all the up. stuff I've been learning about. Anyway, dude. So there's all these cool new iterations of all these products that are way better than the old versions. For example, the bamboo toothbrush. They, it used to get icky on the bottom. It would get moldy and gross, right? Not anymore. They paint the bottom now. So that doesn't happen. There's all these little tricks where they're like, okay, we saw what your guys' feedback was about the first product. And now we're going to make it better. So they have it with all the stuff. So the shampoo really, really works well. Dude, my locks have been flowing. Amazing. Uh, I have a great all-natural serum. A lot of this stuff uh, is is stuff that you can refill if there's a container attached. But anyway, there's also a ton of really great cleaning products, bro, for everything. There's, there's kitchen cloths. There's dryer sheets. There's uh, cleaner. There's stuff for every single household need that is sustainable. Uh, and it's not too expensive and it works. You got to check it out. Even deodorant, all natural deodorant that works. So anyway, go over to Reboot Eco right now to explore some of the products. There's really great stuff on there. Um, it's a small business and they have all, everything you need to try to shift over a little bit to dip your toe into the sustainable lifestyle. Go to RebootEco.com. Use promo code OOPS. You'll get 15% off of your online order. Uh, it's Reboot Eco, R-E-B-O-O-T-E-C-O.com, promo code OOPS, 15% off your online order. Let's save the damn planet, dude. Fuck this shit. I want my kids to be able to swim in the ocean. You know, for real, bro. This, not in New York City. This shit fucks me up. Eh, maybe not. So, show recommendation, duh, it's nominated for Emmys. I really enjoyed season three of I Think You Should Leave. It's so fucking funny. Oh, dude. Does anybody who watches that show, are there any women who listen to our show who like that show? That'd be good to know. I'm curious because Hillary absolutely hates it. Most people that I know whose girlfriends, wives, partners hate it also. I don't know that I've ever met a non-comedian woman who loves I Think You Should Leave. I want to know that you're out there because I know you are. And uh, I'm just curious to hear because it's just so fucking funny. Dude, I don't think I've ever laughed that hard as I do when I watch that show. The character that Tim Robinson plays as like this just like, oh, just loud I usually don't think that that's funny. Agreed. But it's he, like obnoxious usually. But he does it in the satirical way that's so just funny. so funny. That is the comedy that I recommend watching if it, you have not got around to watching it. That deserves its flowers. Yeah, it's pretty good. Dude, I gotta be honest. I'm starting to feel the urge that I need to do some America exploration. Where so? I'm, the national parks. Gotta keep knocking them, knocking them off. I, I, if I do like between 15 and 20 a year, I'll be able to like finish it while I can still walk. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Like that is my, because I think there's four there's 425. I've been to like 100, I want to say 145 of them. 
149 maybe. How many this year? I've already been to like 20 this year. Oh, wow. So I'm sort of like, all right, I'm done for the year, but I'm starting to get the itch again. So I'm like trying to figure out a way to like make that make sense. Hill Dog's out of town this weekend. I might maybe like scheming on it Mm. Uh, because, dude, it was just so fun. Like when I did that road trip in 2020, um, if you're ever looking for something relaxing to listen to, Pack Light, my little pod where I kind of just took a COVID road trip. It was fun. It might be too COVID-y to be relatable at this point, but there's some moments in it where I'm like, remember them. I'm like, man, that was so fun. Dude, there's something so intimidating about, so this is ties into this story, but like there, if you think about what's the most intimidating natural disaster in your opinion, like just, just from an optical perspective, I'll answer first to me, tornado or like a tidal wave. <laughs> The tidal wave is like more destructive. Tornadoes are interesting because they're really scary looking, but like they're, it's not guaranteed it's going to do damage to you and where you are. But it like the, the house across the street might be completely destroyed and your house might be completely fine. That's mm-hmm. the crazy thing about tornadoes. Um, but those are the two that stand out to me. Is a tsunami started by a tidal wave? I don't know. I don't know if a tsunami and a tidal wave are the same thing or if a tidal wave is part of a tsunami or if it's just the same shit. This is a good facts with Ryan moment. Um, But agreed that seeing that fucking wave coming at you, dude, is crazy. Yeah. So so I think that like while you're looking that up, the mid tsunamis have nothing to do with tides. Okay. Uh, That's kind of a half fact. What is it exactly? Tsunamis are generated by earthquakes erupting. Submarine oh. volcanoes are due but to it any is gas a tidal bubble wave, erupting. But it has nothing to do with the tide. Yeah. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. To me, like the Midwest and the plains of America have like really intimidating weather. You know I mean like Hill Dog growing up in the Chicago area, like she had to like go into her basement because of tornadoes and shit. Like her whole life. Mm-hmm. Never had to do that in the Northeast. And I think it's funny, my parents, you know, were paisans, like very cautious people, like they would always tell me not to go certain places because of natural disasters. They'd be like, oh, you could move to California, but there's earthquakes. <laughs> there's something everywhere. <laughs> but what is it in the Northeast? I don't know. Hurricane, I mean, Hurricane Sandy. I know, but that was a freak thing, dude. Hurricanes don't typically affect the Northeast. I get that with the, with the global warming and shit that's changing. But like, uh, there isn't like a classic quintessential natural disasters. There was never tornadoes. There, I've, we felt an earthquake once for two seconds, and it's like this huge story, mm-hmm. you know, in New York, and and like in Brooklyn, we felt an earthquake. You know, I mean, when we were little, and uh, the, you know, there's no tornadoes. There's no, I don't know. There isn't as much shit like tornadoes, and like when you're in the Midwest, bro, or like in flat land, you can see forever, and you just see that weather coming your way. Mm-hmm. There's something really crazy about that. That's like really stressful. I was in Kansas, Wakini, Kansas. This is probably, this was like the, the only true like stopover spot on my trip. Most places where I was staying, I had a destination. So I was like, all right, I'm going to go here for the night. I'm going to go there for the night. And the, the problem with a road trip like that, if anybody's really into road tripping, as you're looking at the map, Suddenly 500 miles doesn't starts not seeming like much and it's very easy to do too much The first three or four days of that road trip were the richest for me because I was in Mississippi I'm driving 150 miles max 200 miles. I'm 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 I'm, I have energy to do all the shit once you get out west you're driving five six hundred miles between Yellowstone and South Dakota to go to Mount Rushmore whatever and like I remember getting to the Devil's Tower in Wyoming and just being too tired to even enjoy it. And I was like, this is a bummer. This is, I, I bit off more than I can chew. 
So anyway, so most of my stops were like, all right, I, I'm going to stop. I'll be in Yellowstone. And then I'm going to wake up. I'm going to go around Yellowstone and check it out. It was arranged that way everywhere. But Kansas was kind of my in-between point between uh, going to the Grand Tetons and being in Oklahoma City. I'd never, I'd never been to Oklahoma City before. A really great town. I also went outside of Joe Exotic's farm. Not farm, farm. His zoo. Okay. Remember that Joe Exotic? Yeah, no. Uh, which, by the way, it's in like not that. It's in like a nice area, sort of, of Oklahoma. I think it's like the suburbs of Oklahoma City. It's like not what I pictured. Uh, I, I didn't go in. I didn't want to support. I feel bad about <laughs> those kind of zoos that sort of. Uh, but it was yeah. So anyway, um, so I'm in Kansas and I'm staying in a really shitty hotel, and it's like on the ground level. You know what I mean? Like everyone pulls their car up to their room. My room's really dark, and it's kind of gross. And the weather was rolling in, dude. Dark fucking clouds. And I'm watching the news and it's like, well, there's a big storm coming this way. And this county, this county, there's a tornado watch here and a tornado watch there. And I was just starting to get like really freaked out, bro. I was like, I slept like two hours, which probably contributed to me being exhausted for the rest of the trip. But the thing that sucks when like it rains really bad, like bugs and shit come out too. So like, mm. you're more likely to get things in your room. And I was like, damn, this is like a really scary moment. That is scary. I have a picture somewhere of what the hotel room looks like. We can maybe throw it in this episode. Dude, it is crazy looking. Really. And there was like a really scary antique store right next to this hotel. I was like, bro, this is really creepy shit. That's creepy. I find Kansas to be an underrated state. I know people think it's boring, but it's pretty... I haven't traveled as much as you. So every time you bring up a different state, I'm learning about it pretty much for the first time. How many states you been to? Really just been on the coasts and I've been to Texas. So let's say... All the coasts? Like have you been to Oregon? No, I've been to Oregon. I'd say I've been to... California. I'd say I'd say 15 states. And so you've done... You've been to Maine? Yeah, I've been to Maine. Oh, for the wedding. Yeah. And probably before New I've, Hampshire? I've been, I've been from Maine all the way to Florida. Have you been to New Hampshire? Yes. Vermont? Yes. Okay. So you've been through all those states, Maryland, South Carolina, North yeah. Carolina. So I'd say 15 to 20. But never inland of that? like No. Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania, yes. Okay. That's about as inland. I haven't been to Ohio. Okay. So it's just interesting. I'm trying my best to like visualize some of these situations that you, that you find yourself in because I truly am a novice explorer. Well, dude, I have a fun scoring method for st visiting states. Now, I believe even some of the states that I'm less keen on, which... There's really only one or two, and I feel bad airing out an entire state as a state that I'm not like super duper into. So it's interesting because you're thinking about it from a visiting the state perspective, not a living there perspective, which is like a completely different thing. But like, you know, states that obviously, it's obvious what states score really high or not or whatever, but typically most states have something to offer, but there's one or two where like the cumulative score is like four or, f four or five, where mm -hmm. the max score you can get, I think, is... Uh, 16. Okay. Nature gets one extra point. So nature is one to six because I think that like truly great nature is like completely mind blowing and that needs to reflect in your overall score. So like Alaska, for example, like the nature is just like completely mind blowing. It's so sick. Um, but like it might not score as high on like the city front, but I would say that on a culture front, it, it scores extremely high as well because it's like so interesting, mm -hmm. such an interesting place. Uh, but anyway, so I always think about that and like I have like an OCD thing where I ranked every state's. Have you been to Oregon? Yeah, I've been to every state. 
would you say that the nature there is yeah sick gorgeous gorgeous i mean the west the the pacific northwest incredible nature i mean once you start getting westward in general in america it's pretty fucking amazing dude it's like prehistoric like south north kind of doesn't matter where you are it's like incredible new mexico is incredible uh you know, I've heard West Texas is incredible. I've never been to West Texas, but, uh, you know, South Dakota, gorgeous. Wyoming is like the land before time. Incredible place. Montana, incredible. Colorado, incredible. And like incredible in a way where it's almost like underrated, dude. Criminally underrated. Especially like if you're from the East Coast, like it's just as easy to sort of go to Europe as it is to go to these places. So I meet a lot of people who've just never really been out there. And you're missing out, dude. You gotta, you gotta go out there, and you gotta hit it, and you gotta hit it hard. Yeah. And including not just the national parks, like just like driving down the fucking road will be sicker than anything you've ever seen here. Uh, so I don't know, something we're thinking about. I gotta try that. I've just kind of siloed myself into the East Coast pretty much my whole life, and I guess I don't, I don't have that lust for adventure. Well, maybe we'll try to get you out there one of these days, dude. We'll figure out some way to incorporate the pod where you, you know, you're making it a work trip. And yeah. that. But you did some good traveling with Francis. Yeah, we did. We did some traveling. So where'd you go with Francis? We went to Minnesota. We so went you've been to Minnesota? North Dakota. You've I been, forgot about dude, yeah, some of see? these spots. You got to remember this, dude. So yeah, I we went to North Dakota, <laughs> Minnesota, Texas, Atlanta. That was my first time in Atlanta. Um, and then other places that I've been to already. Nice, dude. So, 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 so on, on, be honest with me. When you, when you talk to somebody that doesn't travel that much, are you thinking like, oh, this guy's kind of a, a piker? This guy's, <laughs> this guy's kind of an inside are cat? You a, are you a turkey? I'm asking you if you think I'm a turkey. <laughs> no, I don't. But all right, how old are you? 27. And how many countries have you visited? Three. Okay. You got to get that number to 10 by the time you're 30 or you're, you're a piker. Four, four, four. <laughs> But there might be some hidden countries in here, but bro, for real, like, and, and, and guys, if you've never heard what I'm saying right now, it doesn't apply to you. You get a grace period to try to catch up. I'm not calling ever because I'm sure going to 10 countries, it's a lot of countries. And you know, I know it's expensive and you're like, oh, well, easy for you to say there's a way to like prioritize travel in a way that makes it doable for anybody. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's important to try to be go to 10 countries by the time you're 30. If you haven't done it, try to do it by the time you're 40. I really think it, it will broaden your horizons and you'll be happy about how you feel as a person by doing it. Because um, I sort of have realized that all this shit as I've gotten older and maybe I'm just drinking my own Kool-Aid here, but I really think that it's worth prioritizing the travel. Back to Ryan, what countries have you been to? You know, you've been to the UK. Been to the UK, been to the Bahamas, and I've been to Aruba. Aruba's not. Uh, okay. Well, that's. Yep. Aruba's, since it's like a Dutch, it's technically. Okay. So it it's a province, right? It's a principality or something. I'm not okay. totally sure what the specific thing is. But it's, that's it. It's a Dutch territory. I'm but pr- okay. America counts because you live here. I've so been there. You, you've been to America. You live in America. Aruba, whatever, counts, sure, for the sake of this. Uh, but then you're not allowed to count the Netherlands mm-hmm. or wherever. I think it's also British. I don't know. You have to decide. We'll, we'll give you that one for the sake of this. So Aruba, Bahamas, America, the UK. You've never been to Canada? No. You've never been to Mexico? No. Jamaica? No. Never anywhere else? Those are the, pla- those are the places. This is it. Four. Yeah. There's something so important about meeting other people and just seeing how they do shit. And like everybody does something really well everywhere. And it's really cool to go there and, and see that. 
And, you know, including in some of these like forsaken places in the world, you'll be really amazed at some of the, at some of the stuff you see. One thing I learned about Afghanistan, they're unbelievably emotive texters, dude. Oh, you sent me that screenshot the other day. Bro, which one? Was it, was it him going, I love you? Something about the whitelisting. (laughs) Oh yeah, dude. Oh, here's a perfect example. Okay. In the Afghanistan video, there is a song called Afghan Gang in the survival episode, episode three. It's a great song. I hit the guy up asking him if I could use the song. He literally just goes, of course, brother, or something. And then he doesn't, this guy didn't speak English super well. So he's like, he, he, I gathered that he wanted me to hit up his record label. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, here we go. Like the record label is going to fucking give me a hard time about this. And (laughs) this is what the guy from the record label said. Hello, brother. Welcome to our homeland. Have a great time. (laughs) (laughs) Just there. That's already better than anything here. I know. Have a great time in our beloved Afghanistan. Yes, we will put your channel on the whitelist. Please give credits to to Amin Sky when you use the song. Thanks for your request. Nobody's like, oh, profit sharing, blah, blah, blah. You know, if this if this were to make money, of course I'd give them some money. But it's nice that like the idea of everybody being nice to each other, whatever. I'm not saying obviously Afghanistan has its problems, but there's a lot of stuff about it that was so amazing. People were so hospitable and so great. There's shit about America that's amazing. You're like, oh my God, how are there so many deodorants? How are there 90 deodorants in this store? This is awesome. I'm going to buy one of the, obviously the barbecue. Every place you go, not only there's going to be something that blows your fucking mind. And if you're really paying attention, it might be literally anywhere. It might be in Waukini, Kansas. There's something really special about every single place. I really believe that. Except maybe if you're driving down the street and it's all urban sprawl and it's Jimmy John's and Buffalo Wild Wings and you and you can't tell where you are, mm-hmm. maybe that's at that specific part of the drive. Maybe not that interesting, but in general, I I really think it's a special and important thing to go other places, humanize people, realize whatever you thought wasn't right, and and even seeing the specifics of one part of that place versus ten minutes down the road and how different that is and the evolution of people and how they behave and why and all that shit is just so cool to me and we can all have it why not do it for yourself and even you know there were times where i literally had zero dollars and i was still trying to figure out ways to travel maybe i was wrong for doing that and that was irresponsible but if somebody's like oh easy for him to say i don't really make that much money guys just you know like i do okay but i'm not like rich by any stretch of the imagination i really prioritize all this shit not saying you should, but there's something to be learned there. So Ryan, we got to get you up to ten. Yeah. By uh, by the time you're thirty. Okay. When you turn twenty-eight. End of March. Okay, so you got some time. I will say we'll since, you, you there. since you you mentioned that humanizing humans, <laughs> I would say that it was nice meeting people at Francis's shows at in the other states. Mm. There were people traveling, especially the 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 show where I stole all the beer. There was uh, <laughs> there was this couple, the couple I was talking to when I saw Francis run to the back with my backpack, uh, they were a great couple. And like, I guess I have these assumptions that just everyone's like selfish and greedy and just trying to, to be the best. And, and it was nice to chat with these people. And I kind of just listened and heard about their lives. And it was so much simpler and nicer. And it seemed like they were very happy. You calling them simps, right? No, I'm not calling Fuck, them simps. <laughs> Being vulnerable. They were so simple. <laughs> No, but they just like, we're like, no, we're happy. Life's good. And like, I, I'm realizing that you don't need to be living in the Northeast to be experiencing life. Uh, very, very fucking true. And listen, the Northeast is great, but it, it's funny to me when people just make regional assumptions about other people. Oh, they live here. That means they think this politically. 
I hate when people use the term flyover states. It drives me crazy. Trigger word? And to me, it is, man. It's super disrespectful and it's wrong. And the people who are saying it are usually like not that, not always that bright. Or, you know what I mean? It's like a massive judgment. Like every place has everybody, you know what I mean? In a certain place, you know what I mean? There's liberal parts of Alabama, you know what I mean? And I'm not saying that, you know, I think person should be liberal or conservative, whatever, be whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. But just assuming that because you live, a person lives in a state that they are away is so stupid and wrong. There is a lot of nuance to everything, including politics. And who knows this politics that you completely fucking disagree with. You might meet somebody who thinks it and maybe you'll start to understand a little bit, at least why they think that as opposed to just being like that person's an idiot. They don't know what they're talking about. Even if you don't agree with what they say, you might respect why they think it. And that to me is important. I don't know, whatever, not to get all fucking, you know, virtuous here, but I still believe that they should have the forced. You need to spend Thanksgiving with a completely different family from you every year. <laughs> mm. uh, I think it would make the world a much better place. So Ryan, we got to get you out there, my friend. Cool. And, uh, and we will. So we got an email actually, and this is good. This is travel related. Uh, this is not a travel podcast, but people do like to ask us about it because we do like to talk about it. You know, I'm a big travel guy. Um, before we do it, dude, I just got to say this one thing. I made this fucking Afghanistan thing. I'm having postpartum depression about it. It's mm-hmm. out. Can and we mention that this is less than 24 hours after releasing it? Yeah, I we're recording this episode right as I've released it. And I've been having, I've been struggling a little bit because I feel like now I have nothing else to live for. Mm-hmm. It's out. It's doing well. You know what I mean? Hopefully by the time this comes out, it's doing so great that it's changed my life, whatever. Now listen, the, the, it'll probably do reasonably well on YouTube. If it, it would need to get millions and millions and millions and millions of views for me to break even as a travel content producer. This specific video, this video series, it would need to get millions and millions and millions of views for me to make money, right? Great, yeah. whatever. I wish that somebody fucking so important or so rich or some whatever would see it and be like, wow, that's great. We need that guy to make more shit. That's important. Here's a million dollars, dude. There you go. Yeah. Tax write off. We'll figure out figure it out in a way where this makes sense for my finances. Million dollars doesn't mean shit to me, dude. Here you go. Million bucks. It's fun to daydream about that, right? Why yeah. not? How many hours do you think that you spent editing? I said five hundred, but I think more closer to a thousand, bro. Yeah, that's a long time. Uh of just everything, because I'm doing everything. And the thing that's so funny, when when we put it out and we fixed this, but I for what I the the service that I use for music. I I, oh. have, I have a subscription to it, right? So this way I don't have to deal with any copyright shit. All my old videos got demonetized because uh, I used songs that I didn't have the rights to use and stuff. And I was fine with that. I was like, you know what? This was the song I needed to use. It was the best this way. And I've started to try to adjust my thinking to try to make this a more potentially money-making endeavor so that it has sustainability. You know what I mean? <laughs> so... I'm like, I'm going to use this subscription. I only use songs I had the rights to. Every We were good. We were cleared. We were good. I was so proud. The one song in question was the Afghan Gain song. They whitelisted us. We're good, right? Mm-hmm. The videos drop. I look at the oops email. I'm like, oh, wow, 45 emails. This is amazing. We must have gotten so many comments. I just see copyright claim, copyright claim, copyright claim, copyright claim, copyright claim, copyright claim, copyright claim. I forgot to add the oops channel to the whitelisting list on the music subscription service. Dude, I started 
fucking panicking. I'm like, well, looks like I'm gonna go find a bridge right now, dude. <laughs> yeah, I was nervous when you when you started texting me. I, I started. Knew that, I knew you you were freaking out. I started ripping Ryan with texts. I call him. It sounded like people were on. I'm like, God damn it! But Ryan has become a really good, good at handling all this shit. So I'm like, bro, can you please try to fix this? So he figured it out somehow, and it very quickly became fixed. But like, I was like, it was the easiest part of the process. I, gotta find the I was text. spread too thin. Yeah, what did I say, dude? Because <laughs> while you're looking for it, yeah. dude, it was just so frustrating and you spend all this time on something and just you pray everything's gonna go right i couldn't even enjoy the night when when we put it out because it was so stressful like hoping nothing went wrong hoping everything was fine da, da, da. there are so many moving parts with protecting the people in the video and saying enough to give the school exposure without overexposing it mm -hmm. and the amount of time all that took establishing a charity bro we have a 501c3 recognized charity localliteracyproject.org go check it out donate if you feel so inclined you don't have to not sitting here trying to fucking bitch about it but dude it was just so much fucking work and in my head i'm like how am i ever gonna do that again so i just hope fucking steve jobs comes back from the dead and sees it and it's like here's a million bucks he sh yeah so, so you Bill call Gates. you call me and you just i kind of got the gist of what you were saying then i checked the email i saw all those emails <laughs> oh is it 24 or 40 it was, I think it was like somewhere in between, dude, it was 40. a lot. And then you said, uh, I sent you a picture of the dispute, uh, page on YouTube and I showed the three options. I just wanted to confirm. I like, before we dispute this, like we have the rights for sure. And then you said, yes, I have the rights to use every single song. I pay for a subscription. I pay a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, Julio's sassy. Not, not at me, but like Julio's in it right now. He's, he is in the middle of it. And I had a feeling that you're probably doing shows if you're texting me about this. I, um, I could be a real son of a gun, brother. I said, yep, just making sure. And you're like, critical blunder on my part. Driving me nuts. <laughs> That's how I read it. And I just pictured and I was picturing you potentially going on stage and just dealing with like that. And how do you perform with that going oh, on no. when you put so many hours into this? Then you sent me a link to the site and said, uh, um, there's no way to dispute this. Man, I cannot believe I cannot fucking believe this. It was the easiest fucking setup. Um, <laughs> and then with guys, how easy it is to do this. It's is so easy. Shocking. It's just like you're allowed to have two YouTube channels. You just write the name of it and you're good. That's pretty much it. That's pretty much the gist. It was it was a stressful more. half hour. Man, I think, yeah, Ryan, you really helped a lot with the rollout oh, of all of this course, shit, man. Bro. Really dope. Um deserves to be seen. Everyone should yeah, see it. It's really fucking good. I uh and yeah. I hope people outside of the oops averse. I hope so. I hope it get really to gets around it. and I hope Someone gives me a million bucks <laughs> to make more because I'll keep making them, bro. All like if I, dude, all I want to do in my life, I'm so close. I want to do a podcast. I want to make money doing it. I want to do comedy. I want to make money doing it. And I want to travel and make videos and get paid to do it and have more people helping me that I can pay. <laughs> That's it. I'm so close. Yeah. Um, so share yeah. this video with any friends, please. Ones that don't listen to oops. Um, anyone that you think would find it interesting. No one else is doing it. No one has done I mean, but people have gone to Afghanistan and made videos, but no one's made anything like this. No, this is this is gorgeous. This is Thank you, Ryan. I appreciate it. Um so anyway, let's tackle this uh email here and then. Oh yeah, we have the email. Town. 
Hi, Julio and Ryan. Potential question for the pod. Do you have any tips, tricks, or mantras for staying calm in stressful travel situations? Like getting food poisoning on a 12 plus hour travel day, getting detained in Russia, etc. <laughs> I think that's in your department. <laughs> These are both my stories <laughs> that she's referring to. Um, after one to two years of being a couch potato during COVID, I found that my anxiety around travel is much worse than it used to be. And I'm afraid it will start holding me back from valuable experiences. Okay. So there's a couple things here. I am doing very ambitious trips a lot of the time, uh, but I will say this, anything like a Russia travel story, like that obviously sucked in the moment, but that kind of stuff is never as bad in the moment as it sounds from the outside. Even my Taliban story, it was obviously really bad and stressful, but like not at quite as bad as it sounds. Like the Russia story, you picture me being in this dark room. I was just like in another room in the airport. Like it wasn't as scary looking as it sounds like it was. Now, it was really shitty to have my entire trip turned on its head, but I think it's important when you travel to roll with the punches. You're not an expert, you don't know where you are. You have nothing to do, you're on vacation. Be patient, and if you use a travel company, you're gonna pay way more, but you won't have to worry about any of the logistics. And if you're doing the logistics for yourself, just be patient. You're, you know, people aren't gonna laugh in your face because you don't speak the language. You know what I mean? People, for the most part, are gonna be really nice to you and helpful. Uh, in Russia, it can be a little tougher, but you're probably not going to Russia. So what I would say to you, if you're, I don't know where you're planning to go, but you're not gonna get sick in Western Europe. If you're American and you're going to Western Europe, you're gonna have the same likelihood of getting food poisoning that you would here. It only happens sort of when you start venturing out of the quote, first world. If you're in places that have like, less good infrastructure, whatever. And then those situations, you just got to be careful. If you get sick, you'll be fine. Just hunker down in your room. Hopefully you'll have somewhere comfortable to be sick. Do what I do. Go in the bathroom, get naked, rest your neck against the side of the cold toilet. It's the most soothing thing in the world. Uh, and you'll be fine. But I will say this, like I get a lot of anxiety about the trip going wrong, but I know that it's all bullshit. Like it's, it, my brain is fucking with me. I know that that euphoric feeling I'm going to get when I finally get on the trip will make anything else that happens worth it. Assuming I don't die, knock on wood. And if I do die young, you know, I hope you guys can all sort of fulfill my travel fantasies for me and go to see all the places that I didn't. Um, I'm very committed to this and it's something that I'm not willing to, to negotiate on. Like I'm going to see the world. Um, but whatever, back to what you were saying. Take little baby steps, you know, maybe go somewhere easy. Go to, go to, I don't know, Canada, go to Mexico or Canada. And Mexico, to be honest, is trickier than it seems. It has really good PR from a visitor perspective, but Mexico, there's tons of problems in Mexico. So a lot of it's just about perspective too. So go to Italy, go to London, go to the Bahamas. I don't know. So start taking eat little bites and then move on to the bigger trips. I think that's the best advice I can give you. Uh, because a lot of the time in, in some of these easier countries to travel in, you're just as likely to have problems here as you are on that trip. So I wouldn't worry too much about it. I mean, we were in the Bahamas. Hill Dog got super sick. We had to mm -hmm. go to the hospital. Hospital was great. Don't assume that the place that you're going is going to have the proper facilities to help you out. <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, we were super impressed with the with the island hospital and the doctors and everything. So NASA? Uh, NASA, yeah. Um, and... Yeah, dude. A lot of the time, you'll be you'll be pretty impressed with the way people have their their stuff together, even in countries where you don't expect it. So that's all I'll say there. And then a second travel email. This is a good one. It's called Advice for Flying First Class for Honeymoon. How can I realistically make it happen? Hi, big fan. Uh, through all the recent changes as well, saw you perform in Raleigh with a friend, and it was a great time. I can't wait to see where you take the pod. Thank you. This is very nice. I love the Hill Dog episode. I'm getting married in May and going to Italy for a honeymoon. 
I've always wanted to fly first class for my honeymoon. I hear about every day people pulling this off by using points for upgrades all the time. But whenever I look to do that, it's a million miles or points that I'll never get close to reaching or the, or the cost is astronomical. Right now we have a Chase Sapphire rewards card that gives us back miles, but not at the rate we need for first class to Europe, it seems. I don't need to fly it both ways. Just there would be awesome. Is there a card that would give me the best chance at hitting miles or other tips? We don't mind spending extra to be comfortable, but the first class upgrades I'm seeing are like three or $4,000 per person. I love any tips or advice to start racking up the points to make this happen. Like how the fuck are people our age pulling this off? I think that we make decent money, uh, six figures each at, at 29. Yeah. You guys are killing it. That's good. Uh, but I can't justify spending that much money on first class. So <laughs> as Hill Dog would say, people are just spending all of their fucking money, I think is how they pull it off. Every single dollar they have, they're spending <laughs> uh, to answer that part of the question. But I will say this. Uh, I have seen this too about like the the upgrades and, and people using their upgrades for that. So the one thing I'll say though is your points have dollar value. So if you use them for your first class upgrade or not, you're still using all of your points on your upgrade. Like they're going to convert in a way where it's money. So like you can do it that way. But at the same time, like I like to use my points as I go always. If I can use points, I immediately use them no matter what it's for. Francis was more of a, Ooh, I'll save them up for the upgrade guy. I guess I sort of get it. Um, but what I would say is just try to find a good deal money wise and pay for it. First of all, like instead of using every mile, every point you've ever gathered, if you can find an upgrade for 1500 bucks, whatever, spend time looking around at every airline that flies there and try to figure out a way to make it happen. Uh, that's the first place to start. If you're committed to the point thing, most cards, especially ones that you have to pay for, have a bonus when you sign up where you get like a hundred thousand points once you spend enough money. Uh, and it's usually not a crazy amount of money to spend. It'll be like 5k in the first three months, so like a normal amount of money that you would spend on it. So the American express platinum is a good one. I think you get like a hundred thousand points or something or 80,000 points when you sign up, that'll be a good step in the right direction. I can send you a referral code. If anybody wants that card, by the way, hit me up. I will send you the code. It's expensive. It costs like six or 700 bucks a year, but by having the card, it immediately pays for itself. You immediately get $700 worth of shit, especially if you travel with all the lounge access, all the bullshit. As long as you opt in to everything, you have to physically opt in to all the stuff. So like sign up for the Hertz status, sign up for the Marriott status, sign up for the Uber credit, sign up for every single thing that they have and it makes it fully worth it immediately in my part, in my opinion. I don't even really use that card. I use my Sky Miles card. Um, so yeah, look into one of those cards. The The... Amex Delta Reserve card also, you get some crazy mile bonus, um, weigh your options, but it's probably going to be a card that you have to pay a decent amount for. Uh, but, but getting a new card is probably the answer. And then after a year or whatever, you can cancel if you don't still want it, but you probably still will want it. They usually find a good way to provide value there. Uh, so that's what I would say. I have one final thing. Somebody messaged me asking about renting a car in Italy versus just taking trains and Ubers or whatever. If money doesn't matter, and you don't mind the inconvenience of not being able to drive around yourself, um, then maybe it's not the move. Because I know people get stressed out about renting cars and shit. They're like, oh, what if I fuck it up? Whatever. You know, it's, it works the same that it does here for the most part, especially in a place like Italy where they have Hertz. They have American companies that you're familiar with. The learning curve isn't that crazy. And I heard from one of our listeners, I misspoke because uh, I thought that your credit card doesn't cover you for insurance in Europe. 
but this guy's did. He got no, he fucked up his rental car and his American credit card insurance. He, uh, he didn't opt for the insurance from the rental company. His credit card insurance covered him completely for whatever he did. So read the fine print, figure out what you're covered for when you go, uh, because your credit card might just cover you for the insurance. You might not even have to pay more. Anyway, driving around Italy to me is super fucking easy. Hill dog always says that she, she thinks it's attractive. Mm. that I am willing to drive in other countries so willingly. Um, (laughs) But to be honest, like as long as it isn't a country that has a ton of like military checkpoints and shit, if it's just like normal roads, like it's why not just have a car who gives a shit. Like it gives you so much more flexibility for Italy. You'll save a lot of money and a lot of time. In my opinion, the trains are great, fine, but it's a very drivable country. When I'm driving around Italy, I just feel like I'm driving in America most of the time. The only difference being if you don't have like the fast pass thing, I think you can probably get it from the rental company, which I recommend. You might end up sitting at toll booths for a long time trying to figure it out and like quickly trying to put your debit card in, tap to pay. It's like, it can be a little hectic, but driving in Italy is super fucking easy. My recommendation is get a car and drive. She's like, oh, the roads are a little narrow, whatever. Just drive slow. You'll be fine. It's beautiful. The one annoying thing is if you can't drive stick, you might have to pay more to drive an automatic uh, because they know that they got you by the balls over there because Americans can't drive a stick shift. Um, but, it, you know, if you're able to finagle that whole situation, it is completely worth it to not have to deal with Italian taxi drivers, Ubers, trains, waiting, the train station, the guy, the smelly people, the bullshit. Get a fucking car. Drive around. Um, it's the best advice right there. There's some good, uh, some good, good tidbits in there. I've only been to three countries this year. I need to go to three more to stay on pace to visit every single country in the world. Um, it's been a, a chaotic time getting the pot off the ground, getting everything going. But I hope by the end of the year, everything will be completely smoothed out. I just got to say, we really love you guys. Um, it's been such a really special thing doing this pod in this iteration. And I've always really liked our pod fans. Um, they, you guys are just like a great group. Like what a nice, solid group of people. Like, when I have my shows on the road and you guys come out, like it just feels like I'm picking up a convo with some friends. Uh, and it's nice to get to meet you and talk to you and, you know, hang out when we get to and all that stuff. So um, it's been really great to just like realize that during this transition and to feel like, you know, we're doing something to contribute to that. Like I hope that because of sort of the vibe that we put out, it draws good people to listening to our show. Um, and it's special and it means the world to me. And I will say that the pod is one of the most important things in my life. I sort of stumbled upon podcasting. I didn't realize how much I was going to love it. I was so busy trying to think of like different crazy things to do. I had rap characters and I was doing all sorts of abstract things and all, I didn't realize that I could just be myself and that would be compelling and interesting and, and enough just the stuff that I'm interested and passionate about. Um, and you guys have allowed me to do that. And uh, I hope that you're getting as much out of the pod as I get from from doing it and talking to all of you every week. Um, it's really special to me. And uh, I don't take it for granted. And I appreciate all the support and all you guys being being my rock, man. Mm. But for real, like this is uh, the, the foundation that careers are built on. Um, and I hope one day I'm so fucking huge that I'm getting so many fucking DMs that I can't even open the new ones. But I'll tell you what, I'll open the old ones the way that I do now. Uh, and I'll Damn. never, I'll never forget you guys, uh, no matter what happens. So anyway, oops, the podcast, send us your thoughts, 
Follow Ryan at Ryan is really polite. Thank Follow you. us at Oops the Podcast. I'm at Not Julio. Oops the Podcast at gmail.com. Thank you guys. Goodbye.